Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis May and Tanya Scott Williams, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. Welcome again to the Mommy Chronicles. I'm Denise Davis May. And I'm Tanya Scott Williams. And we are so happy to be here this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking hair stories, and we have a very special guest joining us this morning. Uh, we'd like to welcome 19 year old blogger and uh, university student Shakayla Bradley with Curly in College. Good morning, Shakayla. Shakayla? Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm fine. I'm doing great. Good to have you. We started a, a, our show this morning with that an amazing song, which I love so much, by India Ari, which is I Am Not My Hair. And it's sort of the theme of our conversation today. Um, we've talked in the past about hair stories, our decisions with our our teens and, and tweens in determining what is an appropriate hairstyle, first of all, based on their age, and then we started talking about hair choices, uh, determining whether or not natural or relaxed hair would be best for our daughters. So it's an ongoing um, conversation in our household, and it's it's not unique to our household because it happens throughout our communities. It happens across many households, and, and one of the reasons that we've invited Shakela is that she is fresh out of this process uh, as a... a University freshman, am I right, Shakela? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. So, as a freshman, she's recently out of high school. Uh, Shakela, um, talk to us a little bit about um, just what are some of the memories you have of making decisions about your hair and and about whether you were going to be natural or or uh, chemically uh, processed, uh, both in middle school and high school. Okay, well, I was natural up until the sixth grade, and up until that time, I just really got my hair pressed. And so um, I got a perm in sixth grade, and I had the perm for about two years, but I decided to go back natural because it was damaging my hair. (laughs) And so I convinced my mom, I was like, Mom, you know, I've had this perm for two years. My hair is better off as natural. It took her a while to be like, okay, you can, you know, go natural. But after I went natural, I transitioned the summer before my eighth grade year. And while I was transitioning, and about two years after I transitioned, I always got my hair pressed because natural hair really wasn't a trend about five years ago. 
And so <laughs> nobody really knew that I was natural. So I didn't start wearing my hair natural until my sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and what prompted that? What prompted the shift, the, the discontinuing of the pressing so frequently? Well, I started seeing other people, you know, just wear their hair natural. It started becoming a trend. So I was like, okay, I'm going to follow the trend. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how old were you when you became responsible for uh, managing your own hair, when your mom stopped making the decisions for you about your hair? That's very important to me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about 13 in the seventh grade. Really, she um, made me start uh, doing my own hair when I got my perm because I mean, I went to the shop every two weeks, so the only thing I really had to do was wrap it every night and take it down in the morning. So I guess um, I feel a little bit of a a twinge there in my heart because my daughter is is at about that age, and she's been natural. We've both been natural since 2008, and I actually have gone up and down on this natural, relaxed, roller coaster for a very long time. And uh, when I decided to go natural in 2008, my daughter, whose hair uh, at relaxed was uh, shoulder length or a little longer, she said, you know, Mom, I, I want to go natural too. Well, she's like uh, seven years old or something like that at the time. And I thought, mm, no, I'm not sure because I was thinking convenience, mm-hmm. of course, in doing her hair. But she, she agreed. And I actually, we did the big chop. Her hair went from down to her shoulders to about maybe three inches long. After a period of waiting before you know for the relaxer to grow out a little bit, and I remember during that time she was good with everything I did to her hair. She wore her teeny weeny afro. She eventually went to twist. However, I think because I was considering how she would, how it would affect her as she's moving throughout certain spaces, I was a little hesitant. So when you decided in uh, as a sophomore in high school to go natural, even though that was the trend, how did it affect you and your relationships with maybe some of your friends, and how was that perceived? Um, I, I was actually shocked because a lot of people, you know, came to me and said, oh, my God, I like your hair. But they were shocked, too, because the fact that I had, when I told them that I had been natural, they were like, no, because they, I mean, they couldn't tell because my hair was pressed. So, I did get, like, positive feedback from, you know, my friends at the time. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting because as I think sometimes they're having natural hair, if, if I may say this as far as I'm concerned, it, it has such social, uh, it can have social uh, consequences in terms of turning certain people off, uh, you know, just being... Um, such an unusual decision that it could affect, to some degree, even conversations that you have with, with uh, you know, with certain friends. And, and even, I've, I've actually had this happen, the responses from, from uh, men within the community or boys in how they see natural hair compar- uh, compared to relaxed hair. So, so what were some of the conversations? So you say that you got really great support from your friends about your hair, but what were some of the other conversations you had with friends or um that you might have overheard among other um, young women uh, at your school, in the community, about hair, about hairstyles? Um, well, um, a lot of my friends, 
they kept saying, you know, I don't know if I can go natural. You know, I can't. I don't. I don't know if I can be without a perm. And so, um, you know, we really like the ones that um, that kept saying that. I kept, you know, saying it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You know, trying to encourage them that healthier hair is more important than you know what you think you can or think you cannot do. But for my friends that are natural and were natural with me, we always talked about, you know, what hairstyles worked for us and what hairstyles didn't. And as far as the ones that did, we talked about, you know, how we could achieve them. Most of the time it was about, the conversations were about twist outs because twist outs are probably the easiest hairstyle to help you maintain the hair and usually for um, other young women, uh, wearing the froze are a big thing as well. So I say the most common hairstyles that I hear about are the twist outs, the wash and goes, and the updos. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we we decided to invite you on, uh, Shakela, had to do with your Curly in College blog and a particular topic that you um, are, I think, going to be having a chat about in in a little while or a couple of weeks maybe, Uh, and it was uh, that good versus bad hair, (laughs) and um, that really intrigued us. Are these discussions that still, I I was shocked Mm -hmm. because I recognize that these discussions happen and have happened over time in the black community, but I am wondering whether these discussions still happen among young folk. Yes, these discussions do still happen. Um, because I often hear every day, like basically every day I hear somebody say, oh, my gosh, she had that good hair, so she don't have to do much to it. But um, our first tweet chat was actually about um, are you a true natural if you wear weave? And so the Curly and Cottage team, we was brainstorming about other questions to, like, prompt the main question during the tweet chat. And so I was thinking about how people, you know, may not want to wear their hair out because of their specific hair type. And so that's when I suggested that maybe we should have a main um, tweet chat about good versus bad hair. Mm -hmm. And and so when is this scheduled? Um, Actually, we already did it. Okay. And what came out of that? Um. Uh, we was uh, basically we, we talked about you know where did the um, term good hair come from and how can we stop you know the stereotyping of good hair versus bad hair. So we was talking mm-hmm. about you know maybe we should encourage those who may not have what is considered good hair, you know that that type of hair is beautiful and that. Um, natural hair is just natural hair, and healthy hair is just natural hair. So, and and changing the language. Go ahead. Go. 
Uh, that's the, the language, and, and Denise is absolutely right, the language of good versus bad hair. I mean, as long as I can remember, even back to a child, I remember the conversation and the feeling that I had when I would see who the adults in my life were indicating had good hair and bad hair. Because I was not the person in the good hair category, I felt as if, does bad hair mean that I'm a bad person? Now, this is a child interpreting the conversations of the adults in, in my life. But also... Um, in terms of, you know, how are, how are your, your peer group, how are they processing that? What, are they, what have you concluded is the definition of what is good and bad hair? Well, we concluded that good hair was, it, you know, depending of if you had a lighter skin, you are considered to have good hair, whereas you have darker skin, you're considered to have bad hair. As opposed to the discussion of textures, right? Of whether you, right. because my perception, and, and I think that's a, an excellent point, Shakela, that that oftentimes the uh, ascription of good versus bad hair has very little to do with the texture of the hair as much as it has to do with the perception of Africanness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in a person's ancestry, um, but we also know that when people are talking about good hair uh, versus bad hair, they're talking about texture. They're talking about looser curl patterns as opposed to the more tightly coiled uh, uh, hair that is stereotypically perceived as African, right? And so it's, right. it's important. I, I'm so proud of you all, uh, your team, for uh, approaching this, this issue because there is time for a change in the discourse, and us old fogies can't really make that change. It's going to be up to you um, and your cohort to begin to transition the discussion, and there was no pun intended, um, to a discussion of, of not whether something is good or bad, acceptable or unacceptable, preferred or not, but the actual, um, and, and, and even I, I hear people talking about hair types, and, and um, I forgot the guy's name that came up with the typing system, but really about texture, about, you know, uh, the, the thickness versus the, the fine, um, a thin nature of the, of the, the uh, cuticle of the hair, the core, because that's how we then understand how to take care of our hair in its natural state. Um, the good versus bad thing means nothing, it means right? Um, and, and so I, I'm really proud of you all uh, for approaching this very difficult subject around hair. Shakela? It seems as if hello, we hello, have sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, okay. It seems as if we'd lost her there for a minute, though. Um, are, are you with us? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm here. Okay. okay. Uh, very good. So that that um, is a discussion that that your uh, generation has taken on, and and I have seen. It, it's. I remember in the. Um, I'm about to date myself, but <laughs> back in the 70s, it seemed as if the the natural hair movement had a lot to do with a social and political movement that was sweeping across our country and wanting to associate ourselves with with our African ancestry. Today, the movement seems to be more like an acceptance of, of 
hair types, as, as, as Denise just described, and, and the puzzling out the best way to manage those hair types. And I think that is where the answer lies. It is the management of our hair and not being trained or not knowing how to manage it, which either makes us feel good or makes us feel bad. The more challenging it is to manage tightly curled hair or thicker hair, uh, the, the, the less we feel good about it and the, the, uh, the uh, very little time I've, I would assume it takes for people with thinner, uh, straighter hair to manage makes them feel better. So it, that's a very you know, elementary, watered-down um, uh, discussion about that. But I think what your generation seems to be doing is managing those types and doing a fantastic job because I have gotten lots of great hairstyle ideas from your generation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so just what are some of the other issues or some of the other discussions that are being had right now uh, in your age group about hair? Um, the main one right now is, is natural hair, you know, accepted by the society and um, by in the professional world. Like if I go on a job interview, well, they turn me down because my hair is natural. So mm. we're basically discussing that one, you know, right now. And we just had a tweet chat on, it, are white women allowed to use our, you know, hair terminology, and are they considered to be natural? <laughs> wow, that's a huge undertaking. <laughs> and, and, and when you say use our hair terminology, what do you mean? Like... Um, like, are they allowed to use, you know, like the T, uh, TWA, the teeny weeny afro, or the twist outs, you know, wash and goes, like the common hair terms that you hear, the protein treatments and deep conditioning, you know, can, are they considered, you know, to use those terms? And are are, they, you're, are you referencing whether or not they can use those terms to describe natural black women, or can they apply those terms to their own hairstyles? Apply the apply those terms to their own hairstyles. Okay, okay. Hmm. So we're now we're talking a whole we're talking about co-option, right? We're talking about um, co-opting some cultural norms, and that's a huge issue right now. This, these these Discussions around um, whether something that is cultural, um, culturally um, uh, connected, or that is uh, has an affinity toward a particular group, whether another group um, using uh, those terms, those those forms of art, those um, uh, cultural aspects of of living, whether or not it's acceptable, is it stealing? Is it um, <laughs> right, um, and so that that's an important discussion I think that you should have, and it's interesting because I hadn't thought about it in relationship to hair, except for the cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> but I think so, and, and I just want to put this question out there between the two of you: um, Isn't that what what others would want us all to aspire to? To allow that conversation, those cultural uh, that cultural terminology to transition to the quote-unquote mainstream, becoming a part of the general population, so that so that others then under not only understand our um, uh, our 
struggles or challenges, but then they are they have the language that that uh, that applies to it and can even see that in some way very loosely in regards to their own uh, uh, beauty treatments. Isn't that it? Wouldn't that be it, it wouldn't that be what we would want? Because then it's not just about us; it's about I everybody. I don't know. What do you think, Shakayla? <laughs> I don't know because you know, as of right now, when you know, when people say refer to natural hair, it's just referred, you know, in the black community. So right now, it's not being spread it to other, you know, cultures. So I don't know. You know what? I'm thinking about some very specific uh, situations um, in applying this 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 idea of co-option or Columbusing to multiple uh, issues, um, and 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 the 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 core feelings I get when, for instance, I um, see a European American Australian artist uh, rapping in an Atlanta intellect. I'm not going to call her name uh, because that when when I see that I I'm like oh my goodness she's Columbus mm-hmm. who we are in the same way that if someone <laughs> approaches me um, and asks me um, is that your hair if I have um, braids with extensions is that yours um, okay it it if some if if an African American woman asks me you know do you have are those extensions for the most part, I might say yes or no and, and keep it moving because I'm not real sure where the question is coming from. Um, or is she trying to determine whether it's something she can do with her own hair or whether or not she – but when a European-American woman asks me the same question, I'm – personally, me, as an individual, I'm not real sure what that's about. I had someone ask me, I'm currently wearing um, Havana Twists, which require, uh, because of the my hair is not thick enough to pull off Havana twists without extensions, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, I, I have additional hair added. And um, a European-American woman asked me, is that yours? And when she said it, <laughs> there was this, this um, there was something going on. <laughs> but why? But, Shigella, this, this because I don't know that we're there. But, but, but. But isn't your generation, Jaquela, isn't your generation, and, and, again, I'm having you speak for everybody your age, right? <laughs> but but aren't you, in, in, in the sense that you are making this conversation about hair, uh, the norm within your community, within your generation, and it seems as, as if every everyone is accepting this as, as another viable option. Doesn't that then invite others to want to participate in that conversation just by the the, the simple fact that you are having the discussion and you're doing it so well, then if we exclude others from that conversation, then then it says to me, it seems to say, um, this belongs strictly to us, and it's another way to uh, to separate us from from the rest of society. But but I, I guess I don't see why that would be an issue. I understand the um, historical context. I get that, by the way. Right, and, you know, I have, you know, been talking to my friends before and, you know, maybe a Caucasian person will walk up and be like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, I don't exclude them from the conversation. You know, most of them really want to know what's going on and how do you do that because they find it fascinating. And see, fascinating as in the lion and the zoo fascinating or (laughs) fascinating as uh 
you know, as a wonderful um, piece of art that is so um, intense that you can't even conceive how it got done. See, my challenge is, is that I'm always perceiving it as the line in the zoo fascinating, mm-hmm. and I'm not real sure how to differentiate people's interests. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, it's across, it goes across several factions, hair, art, um, uh, just several uh, cult, other cultural um, uh, norms. Uh, but I, I so appreciate this this generation moving toward this uh, inclusivity, this this um, um, introduction of who uh, certain aspects of the community are, and so that people can be knowledgeable at the same time as appreciative um, and and understand. And that's been my goal. Well, maybe not my goal because I don't walk around trying to teach lessons to folks. <laughs> but my my desire is that it is acceptable, not acceptable. Uh, it can be appreciated and understood um, because if we there are so many barriers to conversation. Uh, and the hair story, you know, this whole good and bad hair thing, divides our own community. Uh, black and brown communities are divided over this, and it is, to me, absolutely ridiculous. When I hear my uh, a, a young a child who's in my personal circle, to hear uh, him refer to a, a another child as the one with, and I'm going to say it, with the nappy hair. I'm like, okay, how do you mean that? And he's too young to really understand the full context of that. So who is he with? Who is who is informing him that there's something wrong? And 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 the connotation was that it was negative. So it it is just that we there, there's a huge there's a huge um, there's a need here, and and your group is challenging us older folks oh, to, <laughs> to to maybe let down our guard so that we can have this conversation in a broader sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those who will appreciate it as an art form, as a, as a form of expression, and accept it politically, socially, and whatever other aspect, that's fine. And for those who don't, forget them. Mm-hmm. We just move on. I mean, we're not trying to get people to like us but to understand us, I think, also speaks to maybe uh, creating a, 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 a community that is, that is uh, accepting of our history and of all the things that we can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wonder about, um, that, and I, I think that's where I'm challenged is with the acceptance. Like, I really don't care, right? <laughs> if, it is, um, if this is how I'm comfortable, if this is, if, you know, and I've had relaxed hair, I've had natural hair, I've had less than a teeny-weeny afro, I've had hair past my shoulders, um, my, my child has never had chemicals in her hair, um, and, and we've had the, the discourse around um, good, bad hair, and, and, and people saying to her, um, you know, your hair is, and then her coming home and saying, Mom, is my hair? Mm. You know, and, and um, just just the challenge that exists within community, I'm almost feeling like we got to deal with that first. Mm. Like we can't, we can't invite somebody to the table when our table is, is messy. We need to we need to clear our table first before we can invite. And I, again, I appreciate this this opportunity um, that you all are providing for this discussion to happen among yourselves, and then including people in that discussion. Um, but again, my challenge is just with you know, are we ready to to, to open the 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 blinds yet? <laughs> you know, we got some stuff to deal with. 
Well, we have just a few minutes before we end our show, but Shakayla, could you please tell us where online we can go, or our audience can go and hear uh, your conversation, or if there's a blog, or if this is video, how can we find that? Um, yes, we have a website. It's called curlyincollege.com, and you can go on there, and all the blogs are there from um, myself and other interns as well. But our tweet chats are on Monday night at 8.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Central Time, and you will uh, go to the Curlian College Twitter page and you will see all the questions and you will use the hashtag Curlian College as uh, when you answer the questions. Okay, well, this is a conversation that I do believe that we would want to continue in the future. Would you May I go ahead and put you on the spot and, and get you to commit to coming back at some point to continue this discussion with us? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. Um, it, it, and this goes on. It goes on throughout the community. And if our, in our audience, if you're listening and you want to add your comments to what we're saying, please feel free to do so. You can uh, find us at comments.mommychronicles2014 at gmail.com. Post your comments. Leave questions. Uh, so that we can continue this discussion, no matter who you are, uh, we want to we want to have this discussion, and we will challenge ourselves <laughs> to to um, to allow for that discussion. <laughs> Tanya will be available <laughs> to have that discussion. I'll be at the hair shop. <laughs> uh, to Kayla, thank you so much, dearest, for participating. I'm so excited for this new venture in your life, and I'm looking forward to seeing that dean's list. Uh, letter at the end of the semester. You take care. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, this has, been, this has just been fantastic. I, I just feel there's so much more to be said, but we'll have to do it at some other time, of course. Yeah, thank you all for joining us. The Mommy Chronicles, we are excited about what's coming up. Stay in touch. Thanks for listening to The Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis-May and Tanya Scott-Williams. Listen each week, anytime, anywhere on blogtalkradio.com. The Mommy Chronicles, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children.